Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 110. Uh, how are we today? This week has been a reminder to me that life is full of ups and downs. Have been a little blue in the past few days um, and like not feeling amazing. But I am happy to report that this morning has been lovely so far. Um, and I'm feeling like maybe I'm back on an upswing. So that's great. And I'm grateful for that. Um, I don't think I really have any news. Um, you know, just hard at work making beautiful things like I'm always trying to do. And I've been thinking a lot lately about, you know, just continuing to try to integrate the, um, self that I feel when I'm being creative into kind of my everyday self. And sometimes it feels pretty effortless and kind of seamless. And sometimes it feels really, really elusive and very tricky. So I'll keep you posted as I try to figure that out more. One, one thing is that my therapist moved to Seattle, so I have to find a new one. I guess I should say she didn't just move to Seattle. She moved to Seattle and is like no longer really practicing, um, one-on-one -on -one counseling. She's like doing a kind of a full-time like social work job. So she is unavailable in person or via video chat or phone chat to therapize me, which is a grief. It's very sad. She's been with me. I started talking with her before my mom got sick. Um, so she kind of was there through me, with me f through, um, you know, the kind of some of the scariest most complicated years of my life. And, um, yeah, anyway, it'll be okay, but I need to find a new therapist. That's all. That's, that's it. That's my, like, that's my update. <laughs> but, um, today's guest is a new friend who I met through such a fun, um, I don't know, like happenstance sort of a way, which um, I'll t I tell the story about it in the episode, so I won't also say it now. Um, but I loved talking with her. Oh, gosh, you know, I frequently have these days where like, you know, I wake up and I'm feeling like a little gloomy or feeling like a little depressive. And then I'll have a, a an interview scheduled for later in the day. And I'll kind of sometimes think to myself, like, I don't know how that's going to go, because I just don't really feel like I have the energy to like really be present with someone. And then like truly almost all of the time, like I would say, you know, the stats would be something like only maybe one in 20 interviews. Do I not feel just at peace with the world by the time the conversation is over and so much better. And actually today was one of those days too. I had an interview this morning and I, like I said, I've been feeling kind of just gloomy all week. And then I had this beautiful conversation, um, with a friend this morning and I'm feeling so much better now. Like maybe still just like a little sleepy. Like I could, I could probably still use like a good R and R day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I certainly felt like, a my general kind of outlook on life is back the way that I like it. Um, after this conversation, oh my gosh, I'm so distracty. That's okay, though. Okay, the time has come for me to tell you about today's beautiful guest, Miss Dawn McBride. Okay, 
born bouncing face down on the front seat of a gremlin on the way to the hospital in a picturesque town on Lake Ontario, Canada, Dawn spent her formative years learning the proper pronunciation of house, about, and mouse. It was during these tender years she discovered that doggy head tilts are her kryptonite. She now resides in Salt Lake City, Utah, where she is an award-winning pet photographer who spends an unseemly amount of time spooning her border collie husky mutt and talking in third person. Dawn has a penchant for cheap wine and deep-fried foods. She is currently working on a formula to deep-fry Merlot. At present, success has eluded her and as you can see from the bio dawn is funny and bright and um oh, i just really enjoyed talking with her and i think you guys are really gonna enjoy this episode um with a final little note if you are feeling a bit of the um changing season gloomies it's weird isn't it with fall like i don't know if you're like me but i bet some of you are where something about this, this kind of spooky crispiness of fall is so wonderful and then also it's like getting dark so early in the morning and that is also just sad um anyway it's a confusing thing for our brains but if you are feeling like me i hope this episode will leave you feeling brighter and a little better so without further ado here comes my guest dawn Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Do you have any questions before we start? Um, I I don't know. Okay. I don't even know what questions I should have. I've um, never. Well, the, I mean, the only thing I'll say is, uh, is it's more of a conversation than like an interview per se. You can say anything you want. You can like, you know, if you there's something that you're like, hey, I have been thinking about this lately. You can just. Go for it. Awesome. So, okay. Cool. Um, but I'll lead the conversation unless you want to kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, no. So <laughs> I always like to start with people um, in their early years and kind of get an idea of what you were like as a creative child. Like what kind of early evidence was there that you <laughs> were going to be creative? Um, I, man, I was kind of a weird little kid. Um, so I'm the second of four. Okay. I'm the oldest girl. But I was always reading. Like, I constantly yeah. had my face in a book. It's kind of a family joke. We were on a road trip somewhere. And I was sitting in the back reading. And everybody else was having a conversation. They they said, Don, blah, 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 blah. And I just, like, looked up and was like, pardon? Yeah. Like, I was in my own world. Yeah, I just yeah. wasn't even there. I love that. Um, and so I was, I was always reading. Any art classes, I always wanted to take the art classes. Um, How did you get into reading a lot? Like... I was super shy yeah. um, in kindergarten. So I grew up in Canada. Okay. And so um, in our, our little kindergarten, we would walk to school and they'd have all these different little areas of play. So there would be yeah. like the art station where you could paint. And there was like, I, I can't remember now, but all these really fun things. And the only station left by the time I'd like get my shoes in the cubby and my, mm. was the, the book station. Cause nobody wanted to read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah. wanted to read the book station. So yeah. I would just go and because I was too shy to 
yeah. try to insert myself. <laughs> and then did you like, did you gravitate to us toward a certain like kind of book early on? Oh yeah. I loved like the mysteries and, uh, Nancy drew cool. all about Nancy. She was so cool. She still is cool. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was always, I'd never read that stuff. Like, cause I love to read as a child too. And was also very like never not having my nose in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked like fantasy and science fiction. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I never read, I never read Nancy Drew. Um, Narnia? I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and I also go. did read like the boxcar children, which is also fantasy. I think, you I, know, I, I nope, never <laughs> yeah. read those. Oh, I loved those. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also ask like, so as you kind of were reading a lot and this was maybe becoming like part of your kind of like early identity, um, how did your family, like reflect that back at you like um did did uh, what were they teasing you in like a they, call, they definitely you know I was the little family bookworm yeah. um and when was they would like ask what I wanted to be when I grew like oh it didn't yeah. bother me at all yeah. I it, yeah I was fine okay. with that with that label um but they would be like so what do you want to be when you grow up I'm like I'm gonna be a librarian and I'm gonna live um above a bookstore and i'm gonna write books darling <laughs> i i've i've had a similar fantasy i've talked about this on the podcast before but i had a similar fantasy with um you've got mail the kathleen oh, kelly yes, character from yes. you've got mail and i remember just like <laughs> seeing that movie because i'm sure that came out when i was probably nine ten maybe um and I just, I remember just seeing her in her little jumpers and her turtlenecks and yep. just walking so like with such good posture and uh-huh. kind of determined. She was just and the coolest. And having this little bookstore in, mm-hmm. in It was like New a dream York. life. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, <gasps> that's the ideal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. so charming and quaint and just, it was perfect. Yeah. And then you liked art early on too. Like mm-hmm. just what kind of, what mediums? Um, I liked drawing. I loved drawing. Um, what kinds of things were you drawing? Oh, geez. Whatever, whatever came to mind. A lot of assignments, you know, the art assignments. Yeah. Oh man. I remember one, it was, um, I think it was a junior in high school and we had to have, like, we had to turn in five sketches every day. And one of the sketches, I don't know what I was reading, but it was, um, I drew a picture of a, of a guy like sitting in the corner, you know, like with his with his arms resting yeah. on his knees and his head just kind of down. Yeah. And then there was, <laughs> gosh, there was a noose hanging from the ceiling. Drama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, high school. Yeah. Um, and so of course I, you know, the teacher saw that and I got called into the, the counselor's office yeah. and they were like, are you, are you doing okay? Is there, yeah. like, why am I here? Yeah. What's what, going on? Why did you draw that? I don't even know. Yeah. I, you know, I think about this sometimes and think like when we're teenagers, like I think sometimes we, cause of course there are teenagers who, like have suicide in their family oh, or absolutely and I'm getting the sense from you that that wasn't like the case <laughs> no. yeah so I think sometimes like when we're teenagers we like want to kind of touch on to like more serious things or like we feel some more serious emotions and we don't quite have the right kind of like filters to kind of like figure out what to do with it. right yeah. right if I had any idea how serious um like teenage suicide and everything it was it yeah was, is I mean I feel like it's even worse now yeah um yeah absolutely it, I would never have drawn context. something like that yeah, yeah. no no that but was, it just was just a so inappropriate yeah <laughs> but but you kind of like I mean 
I get it. I get that. Yeah. I can imagine like, like, you know, like I said, teenage brains are like, Oh, so not developed. developed. Yeah. Yeah. We're so stupid. Um, and the, and the, the kind of thing that it tells is that you were kind of, um, uh, trying know, to be like, edgy or dark or something. Yeah, I don't or know. Like just, just looking to explore like some of those kinds of deeper things. I mean, maybe even just wanting to be like more serious. Yeah. Like instead of just another, like bee on a flower or something. Right. I, I think we can confuse like serious with, you know, like, like as in taking it seriously, like taking our art seriously mm-hmm. with like darkness or like heaviness. Like it's, it's very confusing. Yeah. Um, it's very confusing. <laughs> it still is sometimes. To kind of figure out like <laughs> what kind of, you know, where your boundaries are as a, as a young artist. Yeah. Um, were you doing any music? Oh yeah. Um, so my dad was an amazing pianist. His, his, my grandmother wanted him to be a concert pianist. Um, he went the photography route. Oh, your dad's a photographer. Uh, mm -hmm. That feels important to note. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that. Like what, what I would love to know. I'm really interested in people who have artists as parents. I think there must be some difference in your relationship with art from an early age, um, for better or worse. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Sure. My, um, my dad, uh, was a wedding photographer for like four decades. Wow. Um, and he was always trying to get me to, to get into it and, and learn it. And I dabbled in it, you know, I, but there was so much to learn, uh, you know, shooting manually. It's just, there's a lot to know. Yeah. And I didn't care. Yeah. I just, you know, put it on automatic. I'm like, Oh, this looks pretty. And then, you know, they never turned out how I had in my mind. Yeah. I wanted it to look. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't really want to learn how to do this. You think of your dad as an artist not or like a craft. Not like a, it's until like a, I got into, I, I just started my little business like four years ago. Okay. And so until I really got into and understood exactly how much there is, you know, it's not just yeah. pointing a camera and taking a picture. I had zero appreciation for what he did. Okay. <clears throat> and did, and maybe this is like a weird question, but like, do you get the sense that like your dad thinks and thought of himself as an artist? Absolutely not. Okay. Okay. Nope. Um, okay. He, so that's maybe different. Like, you know, sometimes like, again, I feel like depending on what the situation is, like, I think a parent who's an artist can almost like demystify art in a way where like, as a child, you're like, this is just whatever, this is just or can make it like extra <laughs> enchanting. So I, that's why I think it's kind of like an important, Wait, I don't, uh, he, he always had other jobs. Okay. Um, and I recently asked my mom, like, was that full time? Did he do wedding photography? Because I couldn't really remember. And she's like, no, nope, he always had to do other jobs because he never, he wouldn't ever charge what he was worth. Yeah. So it's hard. I know that he didn't think he was good enough. And he absolutely was, which yeah. is really kind of is a bummer to look back now. Is your creative too? She is. Yep. She's, um, she's the musical one. Okay. She, w- she was always doing singing and dancing and in theater and. Okay. Yeah. And so like when you were little, like what kind of. Do you remember sort of how like, you know, art as in the arts and also just creativity was kind of like talked about or like valued in your home? It, it was, um, it was just kind of something that we all did. It wasn't really talked about or spoken about or discussed really. It was just, oh, that's really cool. But anything any of us ever did create, it was 
like valued. It was valued. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh, that's the best thing ever. Like, that's so great. Like they've always been, oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I told yes. you, I listened to the the episode yeah. you did with Desiree. Yeah. And to me, that was so fascinating hearing both of your stories because I, until I became an adult, I didn't realize that people didn't have parents like mine. Like yeah. people have really shitty human beings. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Can I say shitty? Yes. <laughs> people please. have really shitty, shitty people for parents sometimes. Yeah. I had, I had no idea. And so just hearing yeah. how, and so just, um, I think that's with why like, I'm interested in it too. Yeah, like, it's. Just, I didn't know that people had nice parents. <laughs> that's <laughs> a thing. I was older. Parents yeah. are supportive and loving. What? Seriously. Oh yeah. man. Were, were, did you have a story? Oh, I was just going to yeah. say. So, so, um, and then hearing about how like motivated and driven and just yeah. you are to succeed. I never. Uh, I've yeah. had a life of mediocrity. <laughs> it's, what, it's so interesting to me. That's, this is like the reason why I'm interested in these things because like it can go every which way. Like <laughs> I, it's so fascinating to me. And I, I say it on the podcast, like tr- almost every episode, but you know, I, I know that as a culture, we kind of undervalue the arts. I mean, I, I think yeah, that's true. Unfortunately. And, but at the same time, it's like, there's a weird, there's a weird mysticism around it or like, like, or maybe a mystery, um, you know, where I think people imagine that artists are like a different type of a person, which is like, yes, maybe it kind of gets that way. When we practice art all the time, we start to kind of see the world differently. But in terms of like something essential, like, no, right. Which is why I think like it's, there's something powerful about tracing back each of our kind of origins to show like, there's no recipe here. And that, what that means is everybody could do it. Everybody, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and I believe like everybody should, I mean, not everybody should be, or could be a professional, like a full-time professional artist, but I would love to see more creativity in the world. It's good for the soul. Yeah. It just is. Well, and another thing I talk about all the time is like, there are these, like when we're talking about art and creativity, I think as a culture, again, we kind of think of those things as actions and like something tangible, like we're playing a cello or we're sculpting something. And I feel like so much of it is just in our minds. Like it's, it's developing a perspective. It's, um, thinking in a different way about, uh, your own kind of potential to grow your skill set. You know, like that's a creative thought that happens before a creative action. Yeah. Um, or thinking creatively about just problem solving or, you know, stepping into another perspective, which is why I, when I know someone has creative parents, I'm always curious, like, is this creativity just in the, in the actions or is it also like in the, um, you know, conversations you're having at family dinner? Like That's such a good question. Yeah. yeah. And, and not knowing, you know, I, I only have my own experience. Yeah. So I, I don't, but, but I was, I was comparing how driven and successful you are and how, you know, I've just had random odd jobs my yeah. entire life. I went to school trying to figure out what I want to do and couldn't never, never could ever sure. settle on something. And yeah. it didn't matter because I knew my parents were going to love me no matter what, even yeah. if I was like this total POS that never could figure out my life. They, they've loved me no matter what. And so I'm wondering if I didn't have that, if yeah. I would have been more driven, like I got to prove something to them. I got to try to make them it's love crazy. me. I don't know. It's, it's so crazy. It's I do. I can't remember if I said this in that episode, but I, I think about this all the time and I'm the oldest of four and I have a sister who's 
just turned 20. Um, so she's quite a bit younger and, uh, sometimes she will compare herself to me a little bit and feel a little bit of pressure. And I always just tell her like, Annie, this is not a badge. Like this, like all of this accomplishment that I do is like, it's a coping mechanism. It comes out of trauma. And I'm doing my best as like an older adult. I mean, I'm not an older adult. I just mean, I'm older than her. I just mean like, you know, as I, as I go farther into my adulthood, I'm, I'm, I'm really working on trying to kind of tease out which parts of that motivation and productivity are healthy and good and beautiful and which parts are like kind of toxic. So, oh man, but it's, that's creative too. I think like uh, yeah. that kind of big picture. So I, I, so you were doing some music. Um, I would like to know like maybe two more things like about your kind of teen and childhood years. Um, one is maybe like, what to the best of your kind of ability to recall what did art like mean to you and that and i and that could mean consuming it like how what you know it as you continued reading into your teens um or listening to music or whatever and making art like what did it kind of mean in your own like kind of inner mind um it was kind of kind of an escape and kind of a way for me to feel special. Um, were you getting like, you were getting praise. Yeah. Yeah. And I was the only one in the family who really did anything artistically. Um, you were getting praise for mostly the drawing, mostly visual art or mm -hmm. also music. And also were you writing ever? I, Oh yeah, I was writing too. Yeah. Um, isn't that funny? Like, Oh yeah, that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think at that point I wasn't doing piano anymore. Um, but yeah, like we do little piano competitions and get, you know, the little trophy and like, Oh, I did such a good job. Hmm." Yeah. Um, I mean, that stuff is important. Like, I, again, I mean, it's, I feel the same kind of basic way about this as I feel about the, the noose story. (laughs) Like you're allowed to feel proud of like your little piano trophy. Like as an adult, it's like everybody got one, but as a, as a child, it's like, it's a big deal. this is your individual, you're individuating. You're kind of like, you're beginning to kind of test out like what kind of a person you might be in the world. And that might mean I'm the kind of person who's works really hard and is excellent at things. Or I'm the kind of person who has this kind of vision or, you know, I mean, we're kind of, those things are meaningful they as a are, child. They are, they are. And so that was, um, so my sister was in piano at the same time and they had us do a little duet together. And I didn't really understand at that time that not everybody has a rhythm. Yeah. My sister being one of them. Yeah. And so we had to play this little duet together and, um, we got second place. So we got a second place trophy and there's a picture of us holding the trophies together. And I'm just like scowling at the camera <laughs> and she's, she's like so happy You're and like, yeah. we were the only ones in that, in that category. So we didn't score high enough to even get the first place trophy because she could, (laughs) she could not keep time. Yeah. And she's happy. Oh, she was thrilled. I was like, are you kidding me? This is so embarrassing. (laughs) What do you think that like, tell, tell, like, what is, what should that tell us about like how you were kind of like building your, (laughs) your personality and your perspective? Um, that I was most likely going to grow up to be a big asshole. (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, just, um, just that I put more value on, on that kind of thing than she did. I think, well, and she was, what is she? I think she's four. I don't even know. Four years younger younger than me. Yeah. (laughs) 
But you really wanted for that excellence to mean something. I did. Like the I did. trophy wasn't going to mean something to you unless oh, no. yeah. it really meant something to you. Yeah. It yeah. was just, it, it felt like embarrassing. Like a little cheap or something. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah but it didn't feel like that to her. No. Yeah. No. Nope. That's funny. Um, okay. So it, and in like high school, you're getting praise for visual art and were you like, were you thinking at that time that you would maybe pursue art as a profession? No. Okay. No, never it never, about it. it never ever crossed my mind just, okay. um, because I knew I, I wasn't good enough. I would never be good enough to, to make that a career. Um, is that something that in retrospect do you think is true or do you feel like that was like just, um, like fear and insecurity? Um, obviously fear and insecurity, but also, just knowing my personality and that if it wasn't something I really truly loved, I wasn't going to put in the work to get good enough. That's a really important thing to articulate. Yeah. And it, um, I, I just don't think I loved it enough to be willing to put in the work and the sacrifice that it would have taken to make a career out of it. I love that you said that because I, as a teacher, I think about this quite a bit and I so frequently have students and, and I'll just tell them because I just, I don't know, I feel as my like ethical obligation to like articulate <laughs> these things to my students, especially if they are saying they want to pursue music as a career. But you can be so talented. And if it's, if that, if the passion isn't there, you're right. You just, it's too hard. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I, people will ask me sometimes like, you know, like parents of my students will ask me like, do you think she could really, you know, or like. And I just always feel like you're asking the wrong you question. Need to ask her, yeah. Like, because yes, like this, you you don't need to have that much talent to be a professional artist. Like for a musician, you maybe need to not be tone deaf. <laughs> you know, I mean, and you can like, and I'll say like, you know, tone deafness can be, you can fix it, <laughs> but it's just you're gonna be behind. You know, it's just it's just gonna be really hard. Um, so like, yeah, maybe like an, an innate sense of rhythm and an innate sense of pitch and maybe a bit of an innate sense of, I don't know, style or storytelling is, is quite helpful, <laughs> but you can take someone who's so, so, so talented in terms of like natural ability. And if they don't really care about it, they'll never, you know, make it, which yeah. to me means it's your income. It's yeah. your livelihood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people just, again, like. I think because I see these kinds of things in my profession, it's another reason why I feel like conversations like this are important. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think people think that for the people who become artists, it was inevitable. Right. Which and is absolutely not, not true. Not. Yeah. 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 So that's really interesting. You, you were good at it and you kind of cared about it, but just not quite enough. Yeah. Cool. So what happened? How did you kind of like find your way back in? Um, Well, years and years and years of just crappy jobs, just, you know, trying to figure it out. It was a complete accident. I adopted my dog Milo, um, eight years ago and you know, he's a cute little puppy. Everybody wants pictures of their cute puppy and mine sucked. So I was trying to find somebody who I wanted to hire somebody to photograph my dog for me and I could not find anybody who specialized in animals or pet photography in the wow. Valley, there was, there was nobody like you could get a family photo and your dog could be in it, yeah. but that wasn't what I wanted. Right. Um, and there are quite a few now, but eight years ago there was nobody. So I'm like, well, whatever, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I got out my little 
my little camera and um, put it on auto. Yeah. <laughs> and they were garbage. They were garbage yeah. photos. And I was so frustrated. I'm like, whatever, this sucks. Um, I guess I'm going to actually have to learn how to, <laughs> how to use this thing. Yeah. Um, and so the more I got into it, the more I was learning and the more the photos started turning out the way I'd pictured in my head, yeah. the more excited I got and the more I wanted to do it. And, um, so probably about four years in, I realized how much I love doing this. And, um, I was just on a hike with, um, my, hu- not my husband, we're not married. Um, your partner, I'm too, I'm too yeah. old to have a boyfriend. So okay. partner. My, par- my partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I just, we were hiking and I think I was pregnant at the time and I just, I'm like, I think I want to start a dog photography business and bless his heart. He just turns around, looks at me. He's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be cool. Of course you should do that. (laughs) Well, sure. Okay. Wait, I have some questions. Sure. (laughs) How, how can I ask how old you were? Like when you started, when you got Milo? Oh, maths. Um, I am 44 minus eight. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So like, like mid thirties, um, during your, during these years before, like, so your twenties and the beginning of your thirties, mm-hmm. um, did, was there anything that you were doing to like kind of nurture your creativity, which again could be reading, like, um, just kind of what was your kind of, what was your creative muscle like doing during that time? If anything, nothing, I okay. was doing nothing. And I was ha- working a job that was sucking my soul dry. Yeah. Um, like I was constantly having to you know, it was, a, it was a typical office job. Yeah. And then I was constantly bringing work home with me, um, doing it on the weekends. It was just so stressful. So I, I was doing nothing. I was drinking way more than I should have been. Yeah. Um, and that was how I was coping with it. Did you miss creativity? Like I did, but I didn't know I did. Okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Do you, I mean, do you want to talk more about that? Like, I'm just thinking, I'm not sure like what to ask. Cause I don't have the same experience, <laughs> but I'm just thinking again, like my, one of my biggest goals is to like, just empower people to like consider creativity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I wonder if like, if there's anything you could, and I also think, you know, a lot of people would feel that if they're in their late twenties, early thirties and they're not already doing something, it's too late, which oh, of my course gosh. is bullshit. Right. Um, but I, but I can empathize with the feeling. So, um, I don't know, like, do that you- was actually one of my concerns was like, okay, I'm going to start this business. Is this a, is this like a really bad idea? Like yeah. this late in my life? No, it was the best thing I've ever done. Of course. Yeah, of course. And like, so maybe I, do you, do you have any, any thoughts about it's fine if you don't, but like what <laughs> kind of it felt like to be in those years without creativity and maybe how you like, do you have any thoughts about maybe how you could have recognized that that was something that was missing? Um, I feel like in terms of it just was like advice. <laughs> so that whole block of my like late twenties, most of my thirties feels like just a void, like mm-hmm. a, a void of wasted time. Um, like I don't have many regrets in my life, but that's one of them that I just like went with the flow. I didn't try to figure it out. I didn't really know, um, that I was missing creativity. I just knew something wasn't there. Something wasn't right. Were you still reading? Do you still like to read? I, I was, but not as much. Okay. And when you were like reading or I don't know, like what your relationship is like with music or film, but did you ever have like, like kind of flickers of sort of inspiration? Like, Oh sure. Yeah. What was that like? Um, it was 
awesome. It was great. Yeah. Um, it just didn't quite put together the, it, like, this is the thing I'm missing. Yeah. 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 No, there were, yeah, I wrote a couple of articles. Um, Oh, cool. oh I actually writing. remember. Um, so this was when I was in school, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Did it you was for graduate? No. Did you finish college? Okay. No, of course not. I mean, <laughs> no judgment. I, I just was. Yeah, I feel like if you had gotten a degree in something, I would maybe want to know what it was. No, nope. <laughs> okay. no, I was I was going to school for uh, literature and new media. And I one mean, of the assignments was yeah. I had to interview somebody in the community about cool. something that I cared about. Um, and obviously, I love dogs. And so I went and interviewed uh, Guinevere Schuster with the Utah Humane Society. Okay. So she was, she had just published this book. It was um, shelter dogs in a photo booth. So she had done this new format of like photographing the dogs, you know, not behind bars looking all right. depressed and like sad, but she yeah. had them on a white background. She would toss treats to them and showed like their little faces and their personalities. Um, and it did amazing things helping you to get these dogs adopted. So she was like, I was like totally girl crushing on her. I just thought she was incredible. Yeah. Um, and so, and then the next step of that assignment, we had to submit it somewhere. So I submitted it to C city weekly and it ended up being the cover story for whatever week that was. And I, I was like, so proud of my, it's just a little community paper, but yeah. I was so proud of myself. Totally. And I was like, okay, I don't totally suck at everything. And that was in, that was in your twenties. That was earlier. It was thirties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you started your degree in literature and new media, mm -hmm. is that right? Mm -hmm. Um, how, how, well, did you start it like right out of high school or did you start it later? Oh no, this was like thirties. Okay. Yeah. You started that later. So that's something, I mean, like if you're starting a degree in literature and new media, like that's art stuff kind of. Yeah. Right. Good point. Yeah. So like, can you, so can I must you remember have somewhere. what that, yeah. Can you remember like what that decision was like to like begin that path? Even if it didn't end. Man. Follow I, it through? I, I don't even remember. It seems um, clear that there was still some stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, something in the back yeah. of my mind were like, I, I don't know. It was, I know that I just didn't like the path that I was on and I knew I needed to do something to change it. Um, yeah. I, again, I just didn't know what. Yeah. And so this was just kind of like a shot in the dark. Like, I've well, always loved try this books one. and yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So will you talk to me more about like this? Because... I'm interested in the fact that there's this four year period between like getting Milo <laughs> and then like deciding to start your business. Mm -hmm. What was going on in like your kind of, I don't know, like private sort of development that kind of like, like, why did that take four years? Like, what were you working on in there? I wasn't working on anything. I don't, I don't know. And I don't know where this idea even came from, but it literally just like popped into my head. Like, Maybe okay. I could do this so as a job. So you weren't kind of like thinking no, about it during this no, four years. Okay. No, not at all. But you were kind of getting better at it though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and kind of talking with your dad and like learning more about photography. Mm -hmm. kind yeah. Of oh, and my, my partner is um, an amazing landscape photographer. He's, cool. you know, been published in National Geographic. He's in their um, rarely seen book. He's cool. got like a two page spread in there. So he was able to help me with like the technical side of everything. And, cool. Was... Um, is creativity like, um, an important part of like your relationship? I've never actually thought about it, but yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah Cause we bounce ideas be, off of each right? other all the time. And, yeah. and he went to school for, um, graphic design. So he's cool. very artistically minded. And that also feels like something like you found an artist <laughs> to be around. I mean, right. Like, I mean, I think 
I think those are clues that like <laughs> this, these things were like in your value system all that along. are so obvious now, yeah. but like literally never even thought well, about it. Sometimes I wonder like, okay, cause I think about this too. Like I have a music degree. So I, in some ways I like, I did kind of stake a claim in art as a young person, mm -hmm. but I know in my own kind of private mind that a lot of the time I didn't really think I would end up, I would do it. And that, and that's like patriarchy baggage. Like that's, oh, that's Mormon yeah. baggage. Yep. Um, and I had two boyfriends before my, I met my husband. I, we got married so young, but nevertheless, two boyfriends <laughs> before I had my husband, I met my husband and, you know, both of those relationships, I, I just, I think sometimes about the way that I was thinking and like it's retrospect is tricky. Like you're going to overlay like your current perspective on it. But I think sometimes about like the, the one guy that I dated right before Andrew, he certainly didn't understand me liking music. He certainly oh, didn't that's... understand. That's a big deal. And I think it really was. I don't think I couldn't, I don't think I was confident enough to have articulated that to anybody. Mm -hmm. But I, I remember like knowing kind of in my gut, like this is not, this can't be sustainable because he's not going to understand that this isn't going away. And it's like, such a big part of your life and who you are and what makes you happy Yeah, for them yeah. to not be able to relate or understand or. Yeah, totally. And it makes me wonder if like, you know, we seek out kind of a, a partner who is going to see the things in us that we, that we value. Um, cause certainly there are like non art things that I, that I am good at, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's other things people could value me for, but it, I think it felt important to me as a young person to like be around people and, and kind of have these intimate relationships, whether they're friendships or otherwise, um, where like the people that I'm around see that, like see these kind of the things about me that I value. Yeah. Because it yeah. gives you space to kind of, it makes it easier for you to value those, those things. Yeah. And, um, oh, what's the word to validate maybe yeah. validate yeah. that this, this is like something that's important for you. and, yeah. and worth valuing. Yeah. Well, I think we have these gut instincts, at least I do, um, as an artist that those things are very fragile, <laughs> like they're really fragile. And if, um if you're around someone who like poo poos it even so subtly, like even, or even like treats it like, like maybe they, um, maybe they don't poo poo it, but maybe they just like, uh, think it's cute. Yeah. You know, uh, like yeah. that kind of thing. When you know that that little spark is that kind of fragile, mm -hmm. that sort of response to it could be enough to snuff it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a vulnerable thing. And when you are feeling vulnerable and putting something so personal out there, I mean, I, I do this anyway. I don't know if, if other, other people do this, but I am waiting. It's like, I'm just waiting and watching and looking for somebody to, to do that. So I can, I do that. So then I can yeah. be like, okay, well, yep, they're right. This is a piece of garbage. Why am I oh, even trying? It's so hard. Why is it so hard? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm sure there are artists who don't do that. Who like really, do you, th do you think really? I mean, I do, but I say this all the time. Like this will be like what my 110th interview. Oh, wow. Um, and when I started this, like one of the, one of the reasons why I think I, I won't ever stop is, <laughs> is that 
the way that my perspective has changed since from the time that I started this project to now, it's crazy the amount of variation. Um, and I talk to people all the time that say things that I'm just like, I have never felt like that. <laughs> like, oh, really? I mean, okay. so often. Like, I mean, which is awesome, I, which is great. It is. It's amazing. But yeah, I mean, I definitely have talked to people who are just like, no, I have no baggage about <laughs> How it. How would that be? How would that be? That would know. be so great. Yeah, I mean, or I would it. I don't and know. And I don't even know what to ask. I'm just like, that's cool. Good for you, man. I cannot relate. <laughs> and sometimes they're men and sometimes they're women and sometimes it's a visual art and sometimes it's music. It's like there's no How funny. I that's know. so interesting. I but I'm certainly, I never I'm certainly that. like you. And I it's something I it's something I battle, but I I also try like I mean, you know, I think so frequently about the fact that I'm 33 and that I have so much life left to live and just think like, who knows what I'll feel in, you know, another 10, 20, 30 years, but or one, even a yes, lot can change in just one. Totally. Hey, COVID. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. A ton can change in Amen just one short year. Um, but what I was going to say is I, I try to kind of be patient with myself too. And like when I find myself, cause I do that thing that you're saying of like, <laughs> I post a thing and I'm just, I'm just like waiting. I'm just waiting for like, and it's not, it's not like a vanity thing. It's just like, no, it's not. It's, it's just like, it's tender. Yeah. It's just tender. It's our, it's our, I, okay. So I'm doing, I'm in the middle of a project right now. Um, it's a, it's a book project where I'm, I have 30 spots open. I'm going to photograph these dogs in different like careers. Cool. Um, so there's like a pilot, there's, um, a ballerina, just, you know, cute, cute, cute yeah. little things. Yeah. Um, and I'm working with the Utah Humane Society. Awesome. Um, so we're, you know, 50% of the registration fees and 50% of the book sales are going to the Utah Humane Society. So I had 30 spots open, you know, had this whole campaign ready, you know, press releases, blah, blah, blah. And so, and, and leading up to, I'm like, okay, the project's going to launch. It's going to be super exciting. So I launched it, like three people signed up and I was like, Oh. it's heartbreaking and I was it's telling devastating. Eric my partner I'm like only three people he's like well when did you post it I'm like well at two o'clock he's like Dawn <laughs> registration's open for two weeks it's been like four hours I'm like I know but every, it's such a stupid idea nobody wants to do it uh, so it's been a week it's been registration's been open for a week and as of driving up here I had one slot open Wow, one spot left so amazing uh, why can't we just like give ourselves some grace, not be so ready to just like crap on our own stuff. That amen. And also sometimes no one does sign up. Yeah. And, and that's okay too. It doesn't mean that well, your work is garbage. It is such an interesting thing. And, and I, and I don't have it solved whatsoever, but I do think <laughs> about it, but like, fa- like what does kind of failure mean as an artist? Like it's such a long game, you know, like, like failing on one project, like I, th- if there is one thing that I think those of us that manage to be professional artists maybe have in common, it's, it's more of this kind of thing of like taking that first failure and just being like, this is, this is just like, you're looking at the long line and, and it's easy and frustrating for people to look at your success and just be like, well, if I could have success like that, I would do it too. Sure. It's sure. Like, you don't know how That's much heartbreak how... Got, happened between yeah. and how much more there's going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, it's inevitable. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a struggle to not take it personally. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not personal. 
Yeah. People maybe just don't have the funds to, to do it. Or maybe they don't want their dog to sit in a bunch of lavender, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? <laughs> oh man. But it sounds like a spa day for your puppy. Exactly. Um, do you want to say anything else about like resilience? Like are these kinds of like, I mean, I feel like when I'm, when I'm interviewing different people, I'm always trying to think of like, what is this person kind of like uniquely, um, have a unique experience that to talk about this. And I feel like this experience that you have of like entering an art profession in your like mid life is, um, really cool, like really powerful. Oh, um, do you have anything that you'd like to say about kind of like what it means to like, I don't know, rekindle your creativity, um, you know, after a period of not, or, um, yeah, just like kind of what, you think about like creative or artistic resilience i'm gonna cry <laughs> you can cry <laughs> there's tissues here so i kind of feel like it kind of saved my life yeah um you can cry as much as you want i'm here with you girl it's so annoying i put makeup on today it's okay I just, just like let it run down it'll make like it'll make like the prettiest little like tear track yeah you know if if i wasn't one of those ugly criers maybe and also there's no video going on here oh thank god it's just me and i like you so <laughs> okay so i had my um i adopted milo you know kind of got into the photography and yeah. then i got pregnant at 30 freaking nine wow um and uh so I had I had my son and then my mental health just took a giant steaming shit. Yeah. It just I lost my freaking mind. Um like was it were you dealing with like postpartum depression? Yeah, and okay. I've always I've always dealt with depression like my entire life. Um but it was really bad. It was really weird. Hard. Yeah. yeah. Like uh so, you know, you've got a dog, you're going to have dog hair on the floor yeah. unless you're you, obviously. Yeah. He doesn't come down here. <laughs> oh, so right. he's too scared. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby. Um, and so my husband had the baby blanket and he like, he like dropped it on the floor or dragged it on the floor or something. And this is just like one small yeah. example. And I lost my freaking mind. Like yeah. I started screaming at him. Like I just washed that blanket, get it off the floor. Yeah. You know, that's not normal. And he finally was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like you yeah. need to get help. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I went to therapy, which helped. I got on medication also helped, but it was still, it wasn't until I found this passion yeah. that I was able to like channel emotions and just having a purpose, yeah. I guess. Totally. Like my son, obviously amazing. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing like the love for your child, but you still need to have your own identity, not just, yeah. okay, I'm a mom. I'm a mom to this beautiful little human being, but I'm also, I'm also me. I'm, yeah. you know, I have my own purpose as well. Yeah. And so, I yeah. think that's really, really powerful and powerful to articulate. And yeah, I mean, I can, I, I can relate to that. The story that you told about the blanket, like I, I have to really watch myself for like things like that sometimes too. And what I found is like for me, and maybe it's different for you, but for me, it's like when I start feeling like that, when I start feeling like all fixated and like really stressed out about something, it's a clue. It's like a clue to me that I'm mm -hmm. like, there's Something's something, not right. yeah, there's something like, uh, 
there's something that's bothering me that I'm not talking about. And I'm like, I'm like throwing it on this other thing. Mm -hmm. Like this other thing becomes like a scapegoat for that. Um, this, see this right here. Yeah. I've got a cold sore. This is my indication. Oh yeah. (laughs) That when, when things are like getting to be too much, my face will tell me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It kind of comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also like, you know, learning to kind of this, what I meant before with like, you know, I try to be patient with my own like fragile humanity Mm -hmm. and kind of Mm -hmm. just think like, what can we do? And that's kind of this big picture creative that I'm obsessed with. Like, (laughs) you know, just kind of being like, Oh, I just got so frustrated about like, I don't know, whatever stupid thing. Like my husband cutting open a new avocado instead of like using (laughs) one one already already in the fridge, whatever, like something (laughs) dumb and kind of going like, Hmm, what is this telling me? And like, you know, instead of kind of like, you know, just like, this is the end of it. And like taking that as a clue that like, there's something that you need or something that your little, like, you know, like your little self, like your precious little self Mm -hmm. is kind of like missing. Yeah. Um, Okay. So is there, was there anything else that you wanted to say? I mean, maybe for other people who are in a certain situation, what you said is beautiful. Just no, just don't. Um, I mean, even if I was like in my seventies right now and still found it, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. You know, just don't stop searching if you haven't found your thing yet. Yeah, it's yeah, never yeah. going to be too late 100%. until you die. If, yeah. I mean, the day you die, then it's going to be too <laughs> late. So late. yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, <laughs> when people talk about these, like, artists who like get really famous after they're dead (laughs) I think about like I think about that person being a live person and continuing to make stuff and just being you know a failure their entire (laughs) life and think about kind of like I mean it's very sad but also like that's resilience too like Like this person is making this like work that's going to be in history books and like art, you know, art history books. Mm -hmm. And they're, they never got to know. Yeah. And it's another, a testament to kind of like, you just do your thing man. like you just make your stuff. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. I mean, not that that's the point, but I think my point is, my point is that work was always good. Even if no one ever, like it was always good. Yeah. Like this, this kind of proof, like, um, social proof is, it's not valuable. I mean, it's valuable in the sense that we need an income. We need to live. Yes, we do. And also it's valuable in the sense that, you know, your, your like heart, heart invested labor and skill deserves honor. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that is just like a truth. Like that's a, that's like a, that's like a right. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about it. But if you're not getting it, it doesn't mean your work's not good. Right. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to kind of talk about with you and we can talk about, I don't, honestly, that list of prompts that I sent you. Oh yeah. I haven't looked at it in like a year and a half. <laughs> like I, I, I made it and then I just, I made it when I started the podcast and then I kind of just realized like, I just want to be need present. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything that you were, that you like wanted to talk about, maybe you can think about it in this next little bit. Okay. But, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with you is I love talking with people about the kind of things about their particular medium and profession that kind of will give you insight into like creativity and humanity in like a, a different way. And so I, I don't know like what these exact questions should be for you, but maybe I'd like to know like what it feels like to cross your own creativity and your skill with like non-humans. Like <laughs> what do you, what do you kind of learn about like Oh man, it's, um, what are the special things you know about life that other so people they say, wouldn't know? 
they say never work with animals and children. Okay. Children. Yeah, I get that. They're terrifying, (laughs) (laughs) but, oh man, like I have photographed, you know, families and, um, and done portraits and like high school senior pictures and the, we all want to look good in our photos. You know, everybody wants to look good and we nitpick and find every little fault Mm -hmm. that we have when we look at our own. Well, okay. I do. I don't know if everybody does, but I do this. I think everybody does. And dogs don't do that. That's so beautiful. They have, they have no agenda. Yeah. They don't care what they look like. Obviously they just, you're making weird noises at them. They're happy to be alive. They're knowing that they're going to get a treat and some belly rubs, you know, and they're just like, they've got the little sparkle in their eye. They're not trying to like find their most flattering pose. (laughs) You know, they're just their own perfect little beings Yeah. without even trying. Oh my gosh. I love that. I asked you that question because that was (laughs) such a perfect answer. Oh my gosh. Like just the, the sheer kind of like purity and joy and innocence of it, like tells you something about like maybe what we're kind of missing, potentially missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because we get so wrapped up in. Okay. So like I just, I met a fellow, um, pet photographer yesterday, I think it was. So we took a a selfie and posted on Instagram and like, I was just like, I don't even want to post this. I look so fat and gross. And like, nobody cares but me. Nobody cares but me. Posted it anyway, whatever. Like, we're just so mean to ourselves. If I spoke to my friends or family the way I talked to myself, nobody would ever talk to me again. You know, we, we need to because kinder to ourselves. Totally. And it's, it's a, it's a hard skill to learn. And that is something that I think as, as a person who had abusive parents, um, I have, I started maybe thinking about this earlier than some people might. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is a radical act. I think it's, and it's something that I, I can remember being I can remember seeing myself like my parents saw myself. Like I I can remember, like I can remember being in a state in my life where I believed the things that they said. I remember being in a place where I didn't quite believe it, but was still pretty, pretty ugly to myself, like pretty treated myself pretty poorly. And, and I can see now like the, like maybe what I'm trying to say is I think there was a period of time where I, I knew that I needed to stop talking to myself like that. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I needed to stop, um, being so self-destructive. Yeah. And, and I needed for there to be a person who was going to, um, like cherish me, even if that person was going to be me, which um, may be the most important person. Totally. And I, I remember there being years where I had that intention, but it was f- a bit forced. And then now I feel like more often than not, um, it just, it just happens. It's just like genuine, you know, Good, and and I will appreciate those moments and feel like this is, this is so radical. Like this is such a massive progress. It's huge and it's so beautiful. And I have also found, and this is not a surprise, of course, (laughs) that when I can look at myself, you know, and I mean with my eyes and also just, you know, consider myself, um, with kind of gentleness and tenderness and um, awe, it's so freaking easy to see other people like that too. It's so yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, which also just feels like, I don't know. It just feels like a hack. Like it feels like a life hack. Like it feels like, um, wow, this is just like magic. Why aren't we all doing it? Right. It's, <laughs> it's it just like a magic thing. doesn't seem like a, so when I was working at that job downtown, the soul sucking one, I was miserable. I was 
anyway, not just not happy. Yeah. Um, since I've been doing this, I've realized that I've become a much kinder person Yeah. <laughs> and I do look for the, for the positive in people instead of just automatically like, okay, what's wrong with that person? Yeah. What, are, why are they going to be mean? Like, totally. what are they going to, it's just, there's less fear. It's like this, <clears throat> we get these like kind of scarcity mentalities versus abundance mentalities. And it's, it is such an interesting thing for artists because we're, we're st- right on the edge of it so much like because there is scarcity like there just yeah. is and there also is so much abundance like mm-hmm. you know even when like it's um you know even when you're not getting praise or validation or attention or you know money whatever <laughs> um all these things um I find that when I'm creating when I'm being creative that is like a gift in and of itself to me like I, I'll say sometimes like it's my own like manufactured joy like it's my mm-hmm. own kind of I can, I know that I can go there and create joy for myself. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end of it, you're like, I did that. Yeah. And that is so abundant. That is so abundant. Like I can call on it whenever, wherever I want. That creativity can just live in my imagination. Like it can just be like, I'm on a road, like I'm, I gig, I gig in Montana sometimes. And so I drive these long, long drives and I can just, I just build like a whole story in my brain to entertain me, you know, um, and that is so abundant or I can just look at the countryside and just imagine like these whole scenes. I mean, that's very mm-hmm. abundant, but then also when you have been working on something for a year and you post it and it's not cherished in that way, that's very scarce. Yeah. And I think the Crickets. fact that we're kind of like teetering on this edge all the time, mm-hmm. really there's like a, there's like a, a richness, like there's like a wisdom there <laughs> that I think we learn. And I don't think, I think other people can have it too, but I think as an artist, like you're going to, yeah. like you can't Whether avoid you want it. to or not. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, did you think of anything else on that? Like C, C chunk of the prompt? I can't, I can't even think of the only thing I can remember now was, um, imposter syndrome, but I think we've pretty much like we kind of talked about it in spades. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe like the kind of last thing that I'd like to talk about is, um, I'm always on a kick about like the, these kinds of things we're talking about, which like you're a photographer, I'm a musician, but the things that we're talking about are like resilience. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. these kind of, these kind of things that like our professions give us maybe a unique opportunity to confront, um, a unique opportunity to sort of consider and like learn to live with. But of course these things are like, they belong maybe to everyone. Um, do you want to talk about like, or, or maybe what would you like to talk about within the kind of discussion of, I don't know how these kinds of skills that we're working on and confronting like help us outside of art. Like how, how do these things that you've learned, like help you as a mom? How do they help you as like, you know, what, what do you, what power do you think they have? Like just in our communities, um, or just anything that well, comes for me, to mind for me personally, it's helped me realize that if there is something that I want to do that is important enough for me to learn how to do it, then I am more than capable of doing it. You know, it's, um, it's been really empowering, you know, as a, as a small business owner, I've had to learn so much and I, I didn't even know that I needed to know all this stuff, like accounting, um, marketing, branding. Yeah. I, 
and how to use a camera yeah. <laughs> and all the programs that you need that go along with it, all the software, how to install the software. Like yeah, all those little things. Yeah. It, it, I had no idea. Things. I had no idea. I just wanted to go take pictures of cute dogs. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, just learning these skills that are necessary. Um, it's been really empowering just to know that I can really, like my parents have told me this since I was little, like, you can do and be whatever you want. If you put your mind, you know, that old mm-hmm. cliche, mm-hmm. but it's true. And it took me, it took you like doing it ever. to learn it, which yeah. is also really cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, that's a great lesson. That's like an amazing thing to kind of pull out of like, you know, I think a lot of times people feel like they need to know that they can do something before they begin. Oh no. And like, yeah, you're, you're not going to know that you can do it until it's done. And I think if I had known everything that I would have needed to to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I probably never would have even started. It it was just so overwhelming. So much. Yeah. But isn't it weird though? Like, cause I've had similar things too, that just terrify me. Like, Mm -hmm. like just, I don't know, will make me feel like I'm going to throw up that I have to learn. Like (laughs) terrifying (laughs) that I just think like, Oh my gosh, I can't do it. (laughs) But the, but the older that I get, the less common those feelings are. And they are a bit subdued because I have, I, I know like I've had this nauseous feeling before and now I'm like really good at that thing. Yeah. And it's just like, it just like you, it is exponential. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like each, each terrifying thing is a little less terrifying than the last thing because you know, you've been terrified before and have, and it was just fine and have figured it out. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't fine and then it got fine, but you're still alive. (laughs) You You didn't get eaten by a bear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you didn't get eaten by logic pro. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) You didn't get Uh, eaten by Photoshop Yes, or whatever. Although there were days where it felt like I was definitely getting, I feel like I've been eaten by photoshop as well because <laughs> like, i well not photoshop but i use gimp because mm-hmm. i do yeah, yeah. i mean because i'm i'm a musician but i do all of my own like i make my own posters and design like my album oh, covers wow. i mean i hire other artists to help me take pictures mm-hmm. um you know or whatever but i usually am kind of putting those things together and there's a lot to learn yeah i feel like i've been <laughs> like chewed up by gimp a few times <laughs> but now yeah now or you like got it. i think about I think about being like my first year in college and seeing some of the older students and for some reason, like especially seeing women doing these things really like, um, of like setting up all the microphones and like running everything. mm -hmm. Just like a thing that I just felt like I cannot even begin to imagine myself knowing how to do that. Mm -mm. And now like I run sound for my, the wedding band, which is my main, a, a very main source of income for me. Um, yeah. And I, it's just like, it's, it's no big with, deal. I could do it in my sleep with, um, with lighting, with the photography yeah. lighting. Like I, when I have to do studio shoot, I rent out a studio in Sandy, um, Photopia They're Oh my gosh, they're so nice. Great. And they have all these like big fancy lights. And, and so the first time I went in, they're like, so do you want us to show you how to, I'm like, uh, no, I'll just use mine. So like for the first, I don't know, 10 times that I went there, I would like lug all my own lighting waste time setting it up breaking Mm -hmm. it down because I was too scared to to learn how to use theirs right and so finally there was one day you know and she she showed me how to use it like okay and Dawn grow up just yeah and it was just easy and it's so much better than my lighting yeah there's nothing to it I'm like 
Yeah, but those are ridiculous. lessons and that's, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> Nobody wants to look stupid. Yeah. Well, and also like, there's such a frustration of like not being able to get something to work. And like, it's an, it's a hard feeling to sit in, mm-hmm. even if no one's watching. Like, it's still just, I mean, no one knows that I'm like having a fight with GIMP, but <laughs> like I still am exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, okay. Last, maybe last thing. Um, do you, do you like, do you can see yourself as an artist and, and like, what does that mean to you? It took a while, but yeah, I do now. Tell me what um, it means. Yeah. What, what does that mean to you? Um, it means having my own, my own take on things. Yeah. Um, like there can be five pet photographers and we're all taking a picture of the same thing, like a dog sitting in lavender. Yeah. But none of our photos are going to look the same. Yeah. Um, because we're all individual artists. We all see it differently. We're all going to edit it differently. Um, yeah. And actually it was listening to a few of your, of your episodes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, not even kidding. <laughs> I was like, okay. So when I first got your email yeah. and, and should we tell, should we tell the listener? I'll tell it. Oh. <laughs> okay. Cause actually this is a great story. I think, um, I was, I had interviewed my friend Katie, uh, Mikkel like a year ago and she was like, Emily, you should interview these other people. And I tried to find this specific person that Katie suggested and somehow accidentally emailed Don and was like, hi, Mallory. And then Don was like, I'm Don. <laughs> Cause your website, do- your Mallory. email address doesn't have your name, um, which is just so funny. But then I was like, well, nevertheless, <laughs> did you, did you ever get a hold of her? I didn't. I actually I, just saw her the really? other day. I did a photo shoot I, I for loved her. It. You gave me her contact information. Yeah. Um, when we were talking back, whenever that was, I was, I took the month of July off cause I'm oh, working right. on yep. my album. So mm-hmm. I'm kind Super of like exciting. just starting to re- to schedule again. Um, so I, she's on my list. I'll reach out to her, but, <laughs> but I also just do think it's kind of like a, it's just like a, it's just like a beautiful reminder that like <laughs> cool people are everywhere. You know, it's kind when, of like where a you little like, happenstance. Wouldn't even think to, yeah. But so what were you, uh, you were, yeah. so you sent me that email, like, well, you're an artist too. I'm like, no, I'm not. What is she yeah. talking about? Yeah. I take photos. Yeah. I'm an artist. And then, I'm like, well, okay, maybe, maybe I could be. And then just our communication and then listening to your podcast. I'm like, I totally am. I I am. Yeah. I, I am an artist. Damn it. (laughs) There are so many people that I interview that say that they don't think of themselves as artists. And it's like, you've, you're pulled, of course you're an artist. Um, but I like to ask it for this reason, because there are these kind of feelings that we have about it. And then I wanted to maybe also ask, you know, as I feel like there are types of art that people take more seriously than, than other types of art. And also, especially as female artists and especially as female artists who are doing the kind of art that is sometimes very feminized. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I say this as a singer, (laughs) right? (laughs) I think sometimes like, um, photography and maybe especially like portrait photography can, can get, um, I don't know, like diminished kind of, well, um, especially here in Utah. I mean, yeah. how many photographers and are how there? How many singers are there? Yeah. Oh, I, how I don't many, even know. How many blondes are there? You know, he's no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. And I don't know about Lehigh, but in Draper. Yeah, absolutely. there are plenty of us blondes. <laughs> um, so maybe I just kind of wanted to ask like how you sort of like, you know, stand up for yourself and it doesn't even have to be in verbal ways, but just kind of, um, 
maintain your kind of internal um, sense of like Im- importance. Um, maybe pricing if and when, yeah. I and when people are kind of like, oh, that's cute that you're a singer. That's yeah, cute oh, that gosh. you're a photographer. Oh, you do pet photography? Because that, I mean, awesome. that is something I deal with a whole lot, and I imagine it's something you deal with too. So, do you have do you have advice for that kind of um, you when, know, like this kind of undervaluing of your? Yeah, absolutely. When people see my pricing, <laughs> that's when I know the serious people are going to book me or not. Yeah. When there are people who just think it's a cute little hobby, then they look at my pricing. They're like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, and that's, and that's up to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, and you know, I, I really didn't know everything that went into like one single photo shoot before I started. I just thought you show up, you take the pictures. No, it's hours and hours of work before and afterwards. And I finally ended up doing, like, I figured out my cost of doing business, my, my COVD and, um, I realized I was making less than minimum wage. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to raise my, this is ridiculous. If I'm going to be paid so little, I would rather just hang out with my son and spend yeah. time with my own dog and my kid. Yeah. Um, so just, uh, I mean, I can't make anybody value me. Yeah. But by having the pricing structure reflect what I'm worth, um, then I, I get the clients that understand that and do value me and yeah. my work. That's great. That's awesome. Okay, unless there's anything else that you'd like to say, I always ask everybody at the end, on this day, what's your dream collaboration? Oh, oh man. Um, <clears throat> you can kind of, there's no rules with this question. You can take it however you want. <laughs> I mean, it's not very exciting at all, but I would love to work with the canine units in in the I, valley. I think that's awesome. I think that I is think very be, exciting. I think that would be I think that'd be cool. Your dream uh, isn't to photograph a wolf pack. <gasps> I just changed my mind. Nope. I changed my mind. Yep. I would like to collaborate with the wolf pack of Yellowstone. Yes, please sign me up immediately. <laughs> I was going to try to think of like a better name, like the, the Denali, the, the Eastern Denali, like wolf pack. <laughs> I'm sure they have names for them. Oh, I'm sure like they the do. wildlife people are like tracking the like wolf family yeah and they all have like their their individual cool names and yeah, i'm sure yeah, they do know. um that would be no, amazing I, w- I would love to see photos of the canine of the canine unit that's well, awesome i'm not doing that anymore i'm going to yellowstone okay 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 <laughs> well i want to see those too yeah you throw like a full chicken <laughs> and then my face gets eaten <laughs> and then you try to put him in lavender and he's like what are you doing <laughs> With my little I'm squeaky toys. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he oh would really gosh. like it. I don't know. I'll, see. Yeah, I'll be well. waiting on the results from this project. We may be waiting a while. But. And then finally, tell everybody where to find your work. Oh, um, fuzzylovephoto.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Fuzzy Love Photography. Um, Facebook, Great. Fuzzy Love Photography. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Thank you so much this for was coming a blast. on the podcast. I love Thank talking you so much. with you. This is awesome. Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.